You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes. That's how I sing. My grandmother was notorious for walking around her house and she'd always be humming these little things like da 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 da. You hum that one. Well, that's what I was going to say. And now, now I do that. It's funny how we pick up these things from our parents and grandparents that we don't realize until someone else points it out. I think my brother pointed that one out to me. Like, oh, you hum like names. We all have those things about us, though, or just that's what makes us who we are. Of the, course. Those it's little... Through observation. Yeah, I well, I, I started to pick up on things that you would say kind of frequently, and like, like I say, you never even knew you said that. Yeah, I guess we all oh, yeah. have those oh, things. Oh, exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Everybody does. Like I say, we all have those things. <laughs> You're picking it up from me now. Yeah. We spend too much time together. This is, we spent 28 episodes of this podcast together so far. <laughs> Good thing we have guests on now. <laughs> this is episode 28, and we are rolling along, having a great time doing this. Hope everyone out there is enjoying what we are creating and as always, shoot us a message if you have anything to say, if you have any questions, or you want to be on the podcast, yeah, shoot us a message. And if it's a fit, we'll we'll try to make it happen. We'll host pre-interviews, huh? Yeah, well, <laughs> you gotta, sometimes you gotta, some people aren't the right fit and they think they are, it's the only thing. Like, so you gotta just, you know, let them down. Easily. Softly. Softly. It's hard to believe we're more than halfway through a year of recording so far. Yeah, when we did episode 26, I took my uh, math skills to the table. Mm-hmm. I times it by two. And? You get 52. Which? Which means there's 52 <laughs> weeks in a year, and which also means we uh, are halfway through a year from when we started. Yeah, it's been an evolution as well, which I've enjoyed. And I, I like with a podcast or any form of art for that matter that it you can just kind of morph it into what you want it to be. And that's what we've done. We've both really enjoyed guest interviews, so trying to get lots of folks to join us. Yeah, it's just nice chatting with people and a number of guests. And I don't think anyone would be mad about us saying this have kind of, as we hit stop, took the headphones off, they just kind of let out a big breath and said, that felt like a therapy session. Mm-hmm. Feels uh, that way to us as well at times. And not not that we're like trying to do anything therapeutic, but just when you have a conversation for an hour, an hour and a half or even more and you're talking about yourself, it's just, I guess you you get things out. Yeah, and I actually, I think that's a really great segue to talk about this week's guest, uh, Renee Hartlieb who has written a new book that is all about self-discovery. So yeah. we've been sharing this time with our guests, but I feel like her book is a real gift. I've been so so it's a it's a called Writing Your Way, a 40-day path of self-discovery and there's daily prompts that you do for 40 days and we talk about this of course in the episode, but since we've met Renee and and enjoyed her book. I think I'm on day maybe six or seven of the exercises. And it's a really great offering. It's a great experience. I I just truly recommend going through these. Yeah. And I think it's it helps you if you're trying to be a writer, but also it's just about 
I guess, like you said, self-discovery too, and just kind of figuring out who you are. So yeah, you don't have to be someone trying to put out something in written form to the world. You can just mm-hmm. yeah want to get a deeper understanding of yourself and the the writing prompts are, they encourage you to write about yourself, I guess. A lot of people encourage the practice of daily journaling. And I certainly know a lot of people that do do this and enjoy it. They benefit from it. It feels like a bit of a purge maybe, but I always felt weird about journaling. It wasn't something that I got that out of. It just kind of was uncomfortable for me. Like, who am I writing to? Like myself or I would I would explain things like, oh, this is what I meant by it, even though nobody is reading it. You're not journaling hard enough. I guess so. It just I I just didn't like that exercise. But this is you you get the fulfillment of daily journaling, but you have some guidance around what to write about and how to write about it to some extent in that she gives you some questions to think about. Like, OK, here's what we're going to talk about today. But if that's too vague for you like think about it in these terms and she gives you some further points so i've loved it it's it's awesome it's such a great gift too like 20 bucks we bought a couple of these over the weekend at george woodhouse's show at the carlton congrats to our friend george as well but uh, we're gonna give that book to i don't know i'm gonna have to get more because i i have too many people already in mind that i know would love it but sophia yeah sophia my niece would be good give it away yeah no, I've got I've got my list. So we have two copies, but we'll definitely have more. But uh, let's get into the conversation with Renee here. Uh, it was, I think, her first ever podcast uh, interview, which was cool to to be a part of. And she's just a really nice and warm person. And uh, so, yeah, great to chat with her. Yeah, she did a great job, and yeah, really enjoyed her chat and her book. Let's dive right in, episode twenty-eight of Mike and Kristen. Woo! Da 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 da. Yeah, well, first off, thank you for making some time in your day. I know uh, writers especially, we have to find our carved out times to dedicate to our creativity and our practice. And I think I read on your website, Renee, that you prefer to write in the morning. Is that just something that naturally came to you where you were feeling more creative at that time of day? It is a time that I love. Um, and it. I've always kind of been a morning person. And in the book, I, I write about um, how my dad was really the first person to um, introduce me to the magic of the mornings. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, the morning is when I, I feel the freshest and the most alive. Yeah. And do you have a morning routine that you do d- daily? Mm. I have an ideal morning routine. (laughs) (laughs) Ideal versus reality. We can talk about both. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't always work out. But um, I mean, ideally, I would love to get up and do, uh, you know, maybe half an hour of writing with my tea, uh, do a little meditation, do yoga. But my partner and I have three kids. So um, Uh, that's where the ideal comes in. Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't always work out that way. Um, But when I am able to do that, it's such a great start to the day and it makes me feel so grounded and 
set, you know, for whatever comes next. Yeah, yeah. And so you mentioned your dad kind of introduced you to the the Mm. beauty of the morning. Where did you grow up and have that experience? Yeah, I grew up in Windsor, Ontario. I always have to say Ontario here in Nova Scotia because people think it's Windsor, Nova Scotia. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And uh, I... I left when I was 23, um, and it's not that I couldn't wait to get out of there, but it I recognized that it had some limitations, and I was eager to explore. Yeah. So, like many of us from small mm. towns, yeah. Windsor's all from the compared to where we grew up, the big city. <laughs> I spent some time in Windsor. My old band that I was in, one of the one of our bandmates was from Windsor. So we we toured Windsor but kind of just went there and stayed there and played around the area for six weeks. So oh. I got to be pretty familiar with the, the mm-hmm. place and just it's it's pretty unique place with Detroit right across the, the water and a lot, a lot of stuff going on there. You know, it's what, what from Windsor inspired you to be a writer, or what, what in general inspired you to be a writer? Hmm. Well, I wanted to be a writer from as far back as I can remember. That's yeah. always been the dream. Um, my mom used to take me to the library. She got me a library card when I was two, <laughs> and I would, I'd come home with just these huge stacks of books and. From yeah, just from the get go, I I always was really fascinated with well story, but also the people who wrote those books that I was reading, and I wanted to be one of them. So it's been a long and meandering path, but <laughs> I'm always interested in people that know from an early age what they want to be because Mm. I was one of those people that was 20 things before I landed in a place that felt right Mm -hmm. and you know there's all types of life paths of course and we eventually find our way but it it, was it kind of a, a knowing within you that and was it a creativity or specific to writing it was specific to writing yeah I love that and it was absolutely a knowing Mm. Um, I sort of, my path has been that I, I did, I never really turned my back on the knowing, but I, it took me a long time to embrace that knowing and actually live it. And I did a lot of other things leading up to actually living it. And meaning you had other jobs and work. Yeah. Yeah. And I played with other careers as well. I mean, there were expectations. I've actually heard you both talk about this in one of your um, podcasts. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there's things that other people want you to be or do. And I definitely felt the pressure to have um, a career and to, um, I mean, my parents never said go work for somebody else, but there there was a certain amount of, uh, expectation to sort of live a similar life, you know? And so I, I went to teacher's college, but I didn't end up teaching. Um, I tried being a child and youth worker and an employment counselor. And, but all of that, through all of that, the education and the, the working at those jobs, I, I still felt that deep call and so I would approach it, you know, I approached it quite tentatively over the years in little fits and starts, but it was it was always there. 
How did you maintain the writing aspect? Like, were you, you know, going to work, writing a poem in the evening? Like, how did you keep it alive? I always wrote a journal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And for a while, I was sort of an angsty poetry writer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> our phases. <laughs> yes, our phases. Yeah. Um, and I was in a women's writing group when I lived in Guelph in Ontario. Um, I would write book reviews for a local uh, bookstore mm. um, in town there. Um, uh, when I came to Halifax, I started um, interning at the coast. So okay. that was like my first introduction to writing for sort of a bigger publication. And cool. Yeah. And I, I like all the examples you've given of styles of writing. I think that's important for young aspire or not even young, but just aspiring writers or people looking for ways to hone in their practice or try new ways. Because Mike and I have co- recently co-authored a book as mm-hmm. well. And um, but he's a songwriter. So that, of course, is a different style of writing. And uh, I have a more academic background. So my writing style was more policy and academia and structured, rigid with rules and that kind of thing. So we were coming at it from very different approaches. But I I like that you've had that practice throughout your life. But also your new book Mm. really offers those prompts for whomever to explore a writing practice. So why don't we talk about your your latest project? Sure. Tell us about your book and uh, how that came to be. Yeah, well, it's uh, so it's called Writing Your Way, A 40-Day Path of Self-Discovery. And how it came to be is that I actually had um, an online website-based or email-based project. It was called the 40-Day Writing Project. Mm -hmm. And I got... um, a lot of great feedback from that and people saying things like when I did this 40 day practice, it actually changed, you know, significant elements of their life. And I was, I knew the power of it myself because I have done it and practices like that before, but I didn't, uh, I was kind of surprised and super delighted that it really was having the same kind of impact for other people. And so that was way back in 2017, I think it was. And I thought for a few years, you know, I think this would make a good book. I I really think I should do this. But, you know, sometimes when you have plans, they get waylaid by other things in life. Um, But this last year, when it, when after COVID and after the new year in 2022, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's the year we're in, right? (laughs) Yes. I thought I'm doing it. I'm just going to do it. And um, so... Yeah, I did it, and and it's out, and it's really exciting. It's great to have people send me photos of them holding the book. And <laughs> what was the most exciting thing about writing the book for you? Like, I know for us, there was a lot of ups and downs in the process. Like, you're incredibly excited about something, and then you go into the revising stage, and. You're like, oh, this is no good. I'm never going to make it what mm. I want it to be. Mm. And then at the end, you're so proud of yourself for what you've accomplished mm-hmm. and getting that physical book in your hand was just such such a great moment. Like all the hard work that you, you put into it is is there and you can see it and you can just... Smell it even. Yeah. yeah. Smelling the pages was New so rewarding. Smell. Yes. 
And for you, what was the whole process like? The actual writing or the... Yeah, I, I get the writing, like what what was, how did you go through it? What was, what did you feel in the process? Mm. Well, the actual writing I did do in those early mornings that we were talking about and that, and it was very, it was very flowy. So I think partly because I had had some of the raw material from the project that I'd worked on, but also I think because I had decided that this is what I was going to do. And I, I really do believe in the concept of the universe or whatever you want to call it, the divine. I'm not a religious person, but I am spiritual. And I feel like the universe steps in to assist you when you make a decision and when you're doing something that you're sort of meant to be doing or that it's on your path to do. Yeah. So I felt very aided and, um, yeah, I felt accompanied, I guess would be a way to put it. I love that. And it, it it's reflective in your, your book. And what I love about your prompts, and I and I am going to go into a little bit of detail here for the benefit mm-hmm. of our listeners to have this understanding, or at least from my perspective, it's more than just a writing prompt. So there are tools available to say, this morning, sit and write about maybe the landscape that you're looking at. Or, I mean, there's any there's anything you can choose for this inspiration. But what I love about your book is that not only are you learning to be a writer or explore that part of yourself, but you're getting to know yourself on such a deeper level because of what the prompts are asking you to do. Mm. So it's almost twofold in your personal growth. So you're learning creativity, you're exploring, like, how do I write? When do I write? When is this best for my brain? All of these things. But the prompts themselves are leading to all of the this interpersonal journey as well. Mm. So I, I, I just want to highlight that first and foremost, but ask you about choosing the, choosing the prompts that you did. Were those lessons that you had learned yourself? Or were you kind of along for the ride while writing this? Mm, Yes, a lot of the book is things I've learned myself and things that were so valuable to me in my growth that I really wanted to share them with the hope that it would help other people. Mm. Um, Specifically about the prompts, yes, sometimes they would surprise me and I would often... um, uh, like do the prompt to myself, of course, you know, to make sure that it worked and to see what happened. Yeah. Yeah. The other cool thing that happens sometimes is that people will actually send me something that they've written based on one of the days. And I absolutely love that because it's, it could be anything, you know, sometimes it's a poem or, or um, song lyrics or um, a piece of fiction or personal reflection. It's always just so incredible to see yeah. what, what comes from the same prompt, but very different for different people. I started going through the 40 days and then re- like just in preparation to speak with you today, but mm. stop doing that because I want to do the exercise and almost have it remain as a bit of a surprise uh, as to what that yeah. unfolding will look like. Uh, and it is an unfolding too. I imagine. Yeah. Can you give us though an example of what one of the exercises might be? Something that stands out. Sure. Well, I mean, the days that most stand out for me, like when I think back about the book or the 
the days where I actually told a personal story mm-hmm. um, because it was kind of a big deal to do that, you know, to put myself out there. I think you can probably both relate to that, having done that in your book, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> to our detriment yeah. at times. <laughs> <laughs> or embarrassment, I should say. But But that's something that I think really connects with a reader as well. Like it, it gives permission for that honesty to come out in in the recipient of that story. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I really find that the more honest that we can be and the more vulnerable, um, it really, what comes back is really quite incredible. And I do think it gives people the permission to mm-hmm. to do that themselves and to really maybe, you know, admit something that they might not be aware of or to be able to talk about something that's difficult because they read, you know, that a writer that they know, a book that they're reading, they grappled with that too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. How is writing different than speaking? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, that we've got you on the hot seat speaking. <laughs> oh, it's a thousand percent different. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, like, I believe that I am a writer, not a speaker. (laughs) So this is um, all new territory for me, actually having to speak about the things that I write. And so it's, um, mm, what's that called? It's an opportunity for growth. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I, I find, I think it was Joan Didion that said, I don't know what I think until I write. And I can really relate to that. And I feel like I figure out so much when I'm, when, I'm in, when I'm writing. And so I'm more of an introvert. So that makes sense, you know, um, being quiet to figure things out and doing my own personal process. But um, yeah, the speaking is something that doesn't come as naturally, but that I do think is good to practice. Sure. Yeah. What, what are your goals for the book? Like what, what do you have in mind that you want to happen? I would really just like it to reach as many people and help as many people as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, someone asked me the other day if I had an idea of how many books I would like to sell and I really have no idea. And, and the, the money and the business aspect isn't important to me. It's the reaching people and being able to help them with something that came from, from me and, my heart and my experiences. Yeah. 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 Have you, Mike, I think you're on the second run of the artist's way. Are, are you not like the, going through yeah. those exercises? Yeah. I kind of, there's the main, the main, uh, takeaways from that are your morning pages Yeah, and the, what they call the artist date where for an hour or so every week you just go and kind of, cater to your the artist within you and those are the two i kind of really try to stick to yeah yeah and and i reference that because uh she too uses the kind of daily practice um which which i think is it doesn't have to be about writing either but i'll connect sort of the spiritual lens of your book renee and Mm -hmm. how it is a practice both it's just uh, in in this way, sh- sort of expressed through writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that like is that element of practice kind of uh, at the root, I guess, of the of the writing or of the exercise of the writing in the book? 
I do think so because you really have to commit. Um, and the more, yeah, like you have to put the time aside for yourself really in order to be able to, to go within and figure out what's, what's going on in here that, that I want to explore or that I want to bring to the surface of my life so that I can, you know, gift it to other people. Maybe if it's, um, you know, a passion or an artistic pursuit or something creative that you want to explore. Yeah. 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 Who, uh, who are your influences that you turn to for that Mm. kind of guidance? Well, I love Julia Cameron. Yeah. Yeah. We really love the artist way. I've done it a few times as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, Natalie Goldberg, she's someone who's writing down the bones is one of her books. You mm-hmm, probably mm-hmm, both know that mm-hmm. one. Um, uh, bird by Bird, Anne Lamott. Okay, I don't know that one. Oh, is she uh, a local or no? No, okay. she's uh, she's from the states. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she wrote a quite a famous writing book now called Bird by Bird. Um, but she's also written a lot of other books too, and. She's a Christian, so she writes about her beliefs, mm-hmm. um, but she writes about all kinds of other things, too. She's just sort of a magnificent human being. Very, very funny. Oh, good. Too. Okay. Yeah, I highly recommend her. her oh, books. that's a good tip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's always nice to find new inspiration and mm-hmm. new guidance, and everyone goes about it a slightly different way, and like Julia Cameron is... I know inspired a, a lot of people with the artist's way and I'd love to check out any, any recommendations that people have that's just kind of improve your creativity and just kind of allow you to focus in on what you're doing in a slightly mm-hmm. different way. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what your book is doing. Like you're allowing people to dive into who they are and what what they create and maybe look at it in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I feel like there's so many distractions in our everyday life and we're sort of taught or encouraged to be distracted, you know, yeah. by devices and yes. there's so much. Um, and so I almost feel like it's an act of rebellion in some ways to actually take the time to go within and and write about or think about what you see there, what you feel there. Because I think for so many people, they, they, they push, you know, their dreams down or those callings aside and they don't explore them um, because they're really not encouraged to do so. And, but by actually looking in and seeing what's there, and my hope is that doing books like mine and these other books that we've talked about too, that it really, you know, brings these things to the surface and makes someone want to make it more of a part of their life. Yeah, it's so true. And I think what what may be lacking in some of those cases is a little bit of guidance or roadmap. And mm. that's really what your book mm. has to offer as well, I would say, is I think sometimes we have these questions or feelings inside of us and, you know, it could be anything from I'm not enjoying my, my job or I'm not enjoying my, how I feel today. And, but where do you turn? Where do you start Mm -hmm. in unraveling that and really getting to the root of what might need to be uh, magnified? And so 
having these prompts and asking yourselves these questions is not only are you looking inwards, but you're spending time writing about it. And what I think is different about this, Mike right now is reading a Gabby Bernstein book. And, mm. and I had read this on our Christmas vacation. And, um, you know, she encourages you too to kind of reflect. So she'll give uh, these written prompts. But I found myself thinking about it in the moment and it was fleeting in that I would just move on to the next thing and mm. probably didn't help I was on vacation because then I'd just go <laughs> play volleyball or something. But <laughs> but really carving out the time to say, not only am I going to ask myself this, but I'm going to write it down. You're really kind of marinating in in that new feeling. Yes. So I find that just such a it's like a stepping stone towards figuring all of this out because that can be the scary part sometimes. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I think sometimes, too, people, you know, they have that little voice in their head that says things that are sometimes quite inconvenient because it's, you know, asking them to live a very different life than what they currently are. Mm -hmm. And I think that they they can do, we could all do a pretty good job of pushing that voice down, but when you're actually asked to write about something and reflect on it, even for 15 or 20 minutes a day, I've had a lot of people say to me, oh my God, that was, like, I'm super surprised at what came up and with such force. And it's something that I know I've felt, but wow, like just writing it down makes it so much more powerful. Yeah, it makes it real. Yeah. 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 Did you have those moments yourself? Yes, that's a good question. Um, I definitely did over the years. I mean, my biggest dream was always to write a book. And um, I kind of came at it in all kinds of different directions and sideways and with tentativeness. I became an actual, like a professional writer, editor, person. I was writing speeches and newsletters and articles and reports for companies, um, government, mm -hmm. academia. And I, and I thought, okay, this is it. I've become a writer and I felt proud of myself and I was making good money. And I thought, this, okay, this, I've done the thing. But then it was that voice, you know, that, and that calling it, it started to say things like, but wait a minute, you're not, writing from your heart here, you're writing things for other people. Um, what about, what about you? What about the things you want to write about? So yes, it did continue to speak. <laughs> what, uh, were your parents creative? Um, not traditionally, Yeah. but I do, th they were both creative people. Yeah. And they worked their butts off to make sure that my sister and I had a different kind of life than what they had. So you know, there was, you know, some um, poverty and not a lot of people in our family were, like, my dad was the first to get a university degree. Mm -hmm. So they really rose, um, rose up and took us with them and I think, I feel like, gave us the foundation for my sister and I, she's also an entrepreneur, um, to really go our own way. She, from Ontario, she went west, right right to the coast of BC, and I went east to Nova mm -hmm. Scotia, yeah. and our poor parents. 
Are they? <laughs> yeah, they stayed in Windsor. Well, did they, they they stayed in Windsor, but but they're checking out where they want to live now. So they're mm. with my sister right now, checking out BC, mm. and they may come out here and check out. Oh, good for them! Yeah, yeah. But they weren't. Back to your question, Mike. They weren't. They weren't creative in the traditional sense. But my dad wrote poetry, and yeah. my mom sewed, and they both loved music. Um, yeah, so I feel like creativity was absolutely. And they they read to me all the time. Yeah, yeah, it was in the house for yeah. sure. Yeah, that, that's such an important factor in creating just a person who's curious about the arts and mm-hmm. the creative world in general. And I wouldn't say my parents were creative in the typical sense you would describe it, but they were very encouraging and again, worked really hard to let me do what I wanted to do as well. And mm. I, I know I'm certainly grateful for, for what, what they did for me. And I think it's, it's crazy when you just, you think about all the little things that add up amongst throughout your life that make you who you are. And like, Going to a book fair mm-hmm. on a, the Scholastic <laughs> Book Fair, mm-hmm. giving me ten dollars to buy a buy a book or whatever it might be, or buy a new album. Like they, they're all just little things that just kind of make you who you are in the end. They really do add up, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. I remember those Scholastic book orders. That was like yeah. one of my favorite days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you have a bookmobile in your town? Oh, well, they probably had an actual library. Yeah, right, right. What am I saying? Yeah. I grew up in farm communities, so we had a little <laughs> truck with books on the back that we'd park in our driveway, and we could go out and pick a couple, and they'd come back a couple weeks later. That's so amazing. That it sounds is. dreamy. It is dreamy. We wrote yeah. a song about it. Yeah, oh, cool. you want to sing it? <laughs> you wrote it. I, I, I did not. I was not involved in the writing process. <laughs> That's of true. Bookmobile well, I'm not going to sing on my own, but we did write a song about the bookmobile. <laughs> That's how much I loved it. But I was yeah. actually curious if you sang too i absolutely do not i it, it's funny actually because i, I i'm not i played in a high school band uh-huh. poorly uh, i played the <laughs> saxophone which i'm tempted to get back into and uh but singing is something that I, I i know i don't have a nice singing voice but i could have a beautiful singing voice if i had the courage to practice and sing aloud but It's one of those things that I find, I think it's why I'm so fascinated by Mike or, you know, like you see other people doing things that are utterly terrifying. Yes. And there's just so much admiration for that. Um, But yeah, that's one of the, I'm a creative person, but that terrifies me. Yeah. How about you? Like, are there other expressions of art that you enjoy? Uh, yes, absolutely. I love singing too, although yeah. I'm similar to you in that I don't have a lot of confidence in my own voice. So mm. I've been more in choirs. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was in the You Gotta Sing um, chorus in Halifax oh, for a number for of you. years. Yeah, yeah, it was so fun. It was just amazingly life-giving. I loved it. I've tried. So actually, our, our mutual friend George Woodhouse yes. uh, hosted The Big Sing for yes. many years. And he, one evening at Gus's Pub, did uh, one of Mike's songs. Which song was it again? The Good News. The Good News. Mm. And so they broke the audience into, I think, three parts, so different ranges, mm-hmm. like three-part harmony. 
And I remember being on the cusp of two of the groups and I would start singing on one <laughs> note and then kind of my brain would switch to the other. And it just was very, it was too much for me. I like, I couldn't do the harmony thing. Yeah. But, you know, for Mike, it's like second, it's like breathing to him. It's yeah. just so natural. I can relate to that. I also okay. go, I go with whoever I'm standing yeah, next. To. Yeah, <laughs> who's going to guide me through this? It's weird. Singing is a, a weird thing because I never like. There's lots of things I'm not good at at all. And don't know how to change a tire on a car or do <laughs> do things that a lot of people are good at. But singing, like, I never had to really think about like, mm. well, how do I do this harmony? Like, I can just do it. And I, I don't know why, but I... Do you feel that way about writing as well? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I get, everything I do creatively, I was never taught how to do by mm-hmm. anyone. I just kind of sit down and go by feel, I guess. And that's, that's how I taught myself guitar, was just just listening to other sounds and songs and trying to emulate what I was hearing. Then once I had a few chord figure figurations in my uh, in my toolbox, I could um, configurations figurations isn't a word <laughs> <laughs> in my toolbox. I could um, then just start to let my mind wander and see where it took me. And I think that's just creativity at its purest form when you just just start and that's kind of what like uh doing the morning pages is you just kind of start and you mm. don't know where it's going to go but you see where it takes you mm-hmm. and for a long time i just love doing that with the guitar i just start playing no plans in mind and no idea what was going to happen but that's amazing. songs would just come out of me and wow you know you're tuned into the the frequencies of the universe i guess yeah, and yeah. i totally believe that did you is that does that sound familiar, Renee, to how you write? Or did you have formal training and you feel like you're kind of mm. trying to follow that formula more so? No formal training any more than, you know, mm. having, I have a, a degree in English and okay. psychology. Um, and I, I have taken writing courses, you know, over time. I did creative writing in university. Um, and I've studied with a few different teachers, but... I do feel like it is very, yeah, what Mike was saying, it's, um, it seems to come very naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that everyone has that inside of them? Something that comes naturally? Well, I guess more the creativity, like something that, that voice within them that can be or could be unleashed. It's just waiting. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that we're all creative. I think there's some misconceptions about creativity that you are you know you have to if you're if you're a creative person then you you're a singer songwriter or you're a writer you're an artist yeah um but i think we all use creativity every day and that i i always i don't like it i don't like to hear people say oh i don't have a creative bone in my body you know because i think we are that that is what we are we're yeah, and it's such a good point. And both of you have used the examples of your parents. And maybe it's not the mm-hmm. traditional understanding of how we might see creativity. And I think of my own father, who is very rural Nova Scotian man, and mm-hmm. but he can fix anything. And to me, 
like being able to take apart a lamp and fix the wiring in it is incredibly creative. Absolutely. There's just, you just have to think about it in a different way. And I, I spent 10 years in government and uh-huh. people sitting around a boardroom table, they may not see themselves as creative, but there's, they're problem solving, they're analyzing, like there's all these different ways of considering yourself that way. Yeah. I think it's important not to dismiss that about yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I actually wanted to commend you on your huge leap that you made. Oh, thank you just, so much. Just a short time ago. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah it's been about five months, I want to say. And how's it going? It's awesome. Oh, yay. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I feel so much lighter. And Uh-oh. going back to our, our chat about being guided by mm. the universe, I I think I, I have no regrets. I think that, that those years of my life led me to where I am today. I feel more confident and ready to make this step. It enabled me to do lots of things and meet lots of people. Um, but I think I too had a knowing within mm. me and was being guided. Mm. Uh, it just took me a while to remove those social expectations and just listen to myself yes and having now done that i feel relief uh i feel gratitude towards myself i feel like i have a better relationship with myself Mm. having it's almost like oh thank you Kristen. like thank you for doing this for me yes and so yeah beautiful yeah thank you yeah i love those stories and i feel like that that we should all Tell more of those stories because I think there are a lot of people who are stuck or feel trapped in careers that aren't necessarily their calling. And it takes a lot of bravery to leave. It does. And it took me a good, I want to say almost year Mm -hmm. of going through these conversations and pros and cons and resistance and emotion. All these things happened. And Mm -hmm. I I want people to to hear that it's okay if if that is part of it. It doesn't have to be just this overnight black and white thing because it is scary. Absolutely. Uh, it's okay to have to take time and mm-hmm. prepare yourself, but yeah. uh there's also this a landing pad on the other side of it as well. Yeah, and so much that you can't envision from that place of yes. f- fearfulness. Right. Right. You can't imagine the ways that your life will be richer or more meaningful Mm -hmm. until you actually do it and then you start to live it. And you had mentioned that you had done a number of different things before becoming a a full-time writer. Mm -hmm. Did you have to make a leap yourself or did it more happen gradually? I did have to make two leaps, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I was when um, I was in my late 30s before I became that full-time professional writer that I had mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, and I was doing all kinds of different jobs because I'd been so resistant to having a career, you know, that might keep me trapped. I was very worried about that, knowing that I wanted to do this other thing. Mm-hmm. So I was doing all kinds of part-time work and it really took like having the first client who paid me a very decent wage, who really liked my work to say to me, you know, you could be doing this more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I could. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I took a leap that time, and that leap was absolutely immediately validated. I had clients I what didn't want for anything right from the get go, and so I thought, okay, okay, I'm on the right path. This is that wasn't so scary, even yeah. though it was terrifying leading mm-hmm. up to it. And then more recently, like within the last six years or so, I had to leave the professional, more of the professional writing and and do more writing from my own heart. So more blog writing, more creating, uh, writing programs for people and writing mentoring. So helping other people who actually want to write books. Um, and and that has been wonderful. And, and the, writing this book has been part of that. Mm-hmm. So, but it is always really scary. Yeah. <laughs> Did you find... In making those leaps, were you doing kind of the work on yourself that led to that courage or did you take the leap and then all of that flowed into your life? I would say the first time I took the leap and then the flow Mm -hmm. came Mm -hmm. and it was like I was, I felt like I was being rewarded for having followed my heart. Right. Really. Um, And it was a bigger leap. That one was bigger. Um, This second time, I feel like uh, I, I've been sort of gradually rewarded and it wasn't as the leap wasn't as, mm, um, what is that word? It wasn't as defined because I still kept doing a little bit of, and I still do a little of professional writing on the side mm-hmm. as well, but just incorporating more of, like, I really wanted to help people and I really want to help people fulfill their dream. If their dream is to write a book, I want to help them to do that. But for a while, I was actually doing all of those other things without fulfilling my own dream. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was even a ghostwriter. I wrote books for other people. Is that right? That had other people's names on the cover. Wow. What's that like? Crazy. I mean, I've heard of ghostwriting, <laughs> but yeah, how does that feel? Well, I mean, it felt wonderful to help someone else okay. like, bring their dream to life. But ultimately... Every time it happened, I was like, what are you doing? Like, wait a minute. This is your dream. You want to write a book with yeah. your name on it. But there was a lot of stumbling blocks. And I did have to do a lot of deep work on myself. And I go into some of that in the book. And a lot of therapy, you know, to actually mm-hmm. make this a possibility mm-hmm. for me. So now I'm like, watch out. I know I can do it now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to start writing the next book right away. <laughs> Good for you. I, go ahead, Mike. No, what do you consider yourself a writing coach? Yeah, I I don't like the word coach as much as mentor because I feel like it's been a little bit overused. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah. So I help people to um, do whatever they need, actually, if they just need accountability or if they... They want someone to read their writing and give them feedback. If they just need to talk to someone once a month to talk through some thorny issues having to do with their book and the, all the emotions around it. Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a big job to take on because when someone is writing a book, that is a monumental task. And if you're the person who is in charge of making sure that they do that. Do you feel like that's a lot of pressure on you? Not so much. Because I, I always feel like the uh, the book is theirs. 
and I feel more like I'm kind of holding their hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Walking the path with them, but not in charge of their path. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard from lots of creative people, and this is going back to that feeling of stuckness sometimes that folks experience and maybe wanting to make a change that it's perceived as a riskier life and specifically mm-hmm. the financial stability part of it. And mm-hmm. I certainly went through this going, you know, I had benefits and health, you know, all oh, these yeah. things and mm-hmm. were at least taught that these are all positive things to have. Like mm-hmm. you have your foundation and and be it as it may. It, uh, But I, I, I'd love to hear from you because I do hear this so often are you able to make a, a life and a living from following this passion of yours? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, not, I don't make as much money as I used to. Yeah, same. <laughs> I figured as much. Yeah. yeah. I'm happier though. I'm totally happier too. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we're not really taught that, that having a sense of happiness, deep happiness and meaning is just as important, more important, really, than having money and stability, mm-hmm. right? Because you can have money and and security, but if you're unfulfilled, you're longing for something else. What's the point? Exactly. Yeah, there's a, a yeah. lot of the depressed billionaires out there, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that says a lot. Yeah, exactly. Is your partner or children artistic or what what do you see there mm. there what lights them up well my, my partner malva is an amazing writer herself mm. she works for parks canada and writing is a big part of her her life i love her letters she writes the best letters oh cute ever yeah <laughs> which amazing. i'm sure you've been the recipient i of. have i have yeah. yeah right from the beginning beautiful yeah um and uh and the kids, um, so I have a daughter, Sadie, who's 17, and she is very athletic. She's very athletic, and she's very, um, she's a really responsible kid. She works like 20 hours a week and goes to school at the same time. Yesterday, yesterday when I picked her up from work, she said to me, Mama, I worked an eight-hour day today and i went to school and i'm like how did how did you do that yeah <laughs> you what <laughs> counting out your fingers the yeah. hours yeah. yeah um so i don't know if she would describe herself as creative um and then malva has two kids who are 15 and 13 and they absolutely have the, both of them are actually excellent artists and their grandmother is a is a retired art teacher and an incredible artist. So I think that they, mm. yeah, get that from from her. Very cool. Yeah. Has Malva gone through your 40-day exercises? Or have you, did you have sort of a first reader or someone that you shared this with and said, can you do this and give me feedback? She's always my first reader for everything. Yeah. yeah I, she's an incredible editor as well as a writer. So mm. everything passes by, by her. And yeah, she's so, it's incredibly helpful. I'm sure you both you feel that too. Do you read each other's oh yeah writing yeah. yeah and especially with the the co-authored book we we had built in mm-hmm. editors and help and yeah. just encouragement and yeah it uh, I think it'll be a a difficult process not having someone like that in your life. It really I think it would too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. With our book, it helped as well because we 
Not only could we help with the technical writing, but we were both present for the stories that we were writing yes, about. Yes. So even memory recall or details about the story, we could bounce those ideas off one another. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that specifically because we attended a, a artist residency in Columbia this past May to start working on a new writing project. And the concept is about us growing up each in separate small towns, but how they sort of share these common themes and, you know, funny characters from those towns and how it shaped us. But it's been, at least for me, more challenging because I'm going on only my own childhood memories, Mm. many of which are fuzzier than they once were. (laughs) And so I really appreciated, yeah, that first round and, and realizing now the importance of that shared experience and how much that helped in the writing process. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've never, I've never written uh, a fiction approach, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think would be much more challenging. So that was something I wanted to ask you about as well, because your, your book is shaped by many personal experiences or shared mm-hmm. experiences just in humanity. Mm-hmm. Have you ever looked at that kind of nonfiction or sorry, fiction creative approach? You mean, have I ever written? Yeah, 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 yeah I have. That was um, one thing that I did quite early on, actually, mm. when when I was a kid and I wanted to be like those writers who were writing the adventure or the mystery stories that I was reading. Yeah. I started to write, um, yeah, very quite early, like nine or ten, and I, I wanted to write those stories. So, um, And then later, uh, I guess in my late 20s or early 30s, I did write short fiction that was published in some literary obscure literary yes yeah <laughs> journals if you don't know the scene you probably wouldn't know the names of them but mm. um yeah it, and that felt good that felt really good and i definitely have i mean fiction calls me too and i i've tried to start a, quite a few novels and not really finished any so who knows that might be something that i come back to mm. you're a fiction writer mike i heard uh, <laughs> not re. I I have some ideas in the works. Okay, you have some uh, great ideas in the works. Mm. Um, but I have more. the The pieces I am putting more energy into first are nonfiction. Okay. Um, I have a kind of a plan of uh multiple multiple books down the 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 next number of years, but it it's be a He's a probably a twenty year plan kind of thing mm-hmm. where i I have i think seven seven or so books on the the go one is wow. one is basically one hundred percent done. I just need to figure out how to find the right home for it and then and then a bunch in developmental stages cool. Good for you. But uh, definitely, I ha- I just have a lot of stories, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. for better or for worse. And I guess I want to tell those first before mm-hmm. I start making up stories. Yeah, stories from your own life that you want to yeah, tell. Yeah, exactly. And But I've done and of doing uh, the morning pages uh, a few years back, I... I just started making up this, uh, so actually a sci-fi story, 
And mm. I really liked it. It was just really fun just because, again, I, I didn't know where it was going. I was just writing as fast as I could and seeing where my, my mind would take me. And it was it was really just kind of exciting because nonfiction, you're trying to remember what happened and like describe yes. it in the best way rather than just see what your mind wants to happen, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of amazing, isn't it, when you just let yourself go and just imagine yeah and i guess songwriting a lot of the songs i write are based on my own experiences but i've also i've written a few where it's i'm just making up a random completely fabricated story mm-hmm. and i feel like the the ones that aren't based on something i've experienced i have to at least have felt something similar mm-hmm. or it's not going to be relatable for people. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm writing about what it feels like to walk on the moon or something, I, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to describe that because I, I, because I've never experienced that, but I can write a fictional breakup song that I didn't actually go through myself, but I've experienced that before, yeah. so I can lean into those real feelings. Mm-hmm. That makes so I, sense. I think, yeah, it's necessary to at least have experienced that emotion in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> I I think we all have as creative people at, at its root is coming from emotion. Yes, it's, or a lived experience. Like we felt something, yeah, or we wouldn't have bothered to make it into something more, yeah, something to be shared. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I know Renee, it's been important for you to help others or or consider the impact on others. Mm-hmm. How has that community grown around you to help you kind of rise in this project as an mm-hmm. outcome? Well, yeah, when when I was telling you earlier about, um, you know, feeling the calling to write more things that were from my heart, I actually, I had this uh, this place that I used to go in New Brunswick. It was a monastery that uh, they had a guest house. And I would go there, you know, just to be with myself and do my own kind of writing. And it was when I was there one year that I had, I thought, I, I just have to start doing this. You know, I want to write things that... Are important to me. And so I started this blog that I called The Sweet World. And uh, it was so easy back then to set up a WordPress yeah. <laughs> website. There was like no bells and whistles and you mm. just picked your pictures and started writing and publishing it. And um, And I was really doing it for myself, but I wanted to connect with other people. And and I was so excited when people started to write me and say, oh, that post that you wrote, it really resonated with me, um, or you really helped me, or I hadn't thought of it like that. And that community really did grow. And that is sort of the community that I took into, like launching a new website and then my the, the career where I'm doing more writing, mentoring, and now ultimately the book. So mm-hmm. I do feel very grateful to the people who have been with me since way back then. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And how do you, uh, like, how are you kind of marketing yourself or, or mm. showing f- people the work that you've done? Yeah. Uh, well, I do have a website. Um, 
I, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, although I have to admit I have a bit of a conflicted relationship with social media, which I think you may share. I've, I saw a great thing that you posted the other day about how no one's ever going to see you in a video <laughs> dancing and uh, yeah. all the various, there's a lot of gimmicks right now, I feel like, and I, that also doesn't feel true to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have to do those things. And I don't feel like we have to do those things. Yes. It, it almost, I, I feel it, some of them just feel downright silly yeah. to, to me personally. And that's yes. not to say there isn't no. joy for others to Absolutely. be felt and yeah. expressing in that way. And it's, it's one of the challenges we all face as entrepreneurs mm-hmm. in, okay, I'm I'm a great writer, but I also have to be great at these 10 other things yes. to make it a life for myself, mm-hmm. social media or marketing in general being one of those yep. examples. And I, I get that there's algorithms and trends, these mm-hmm. things to consider, but I just, I can't, I just can't go there sometimes no. to, for the benefit of followers exactly yeah Yeah. those aren't my people anyways i figure exactly yeah Yeah. george woodhouse and i were having a good conversation about this the other day and we were he was saying he just wants to show up and be himself yeah and that's really what i want to do too and so it might not mean that i'm posting every day because i don't really want to do that yes you know but i just i do just want to try to be myself and try to let people know um, what I do, what I have to offer, and how it might be of some help. Yeah. And will you do book readings? Is that something that interests you? Yeah, I would love to do that. I haven't really thought about that too much. I don't know how well the book lends itself to a reading. Maybe maybe you have an idea about that because it's a little bit of a different, it's a process book, you know, it's a yeah. guided but it might be cool. This is just coming to mind in mm-hmm. this moment on the spot. But mm-hmm. to to offer one of those prompts in the and then if folks are comfortable reading, maybe for two minutes or you know you'd have to if they're writing depends on how long they're yeah. scribbling. Uh, but like uh, a, li- a live workshop, yeah, almost. like a share. That's that a cool fun. idea. Yeah. yeah, thank you. I'd do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people would. Actually, yeah. now that I'm thinking about that, it gives a real flavor for what the experience would be, and the, yeah. it creates that sharing community. And yes. and if you're enjoying kind of hearing from from mm, people and others, then you get that energy back too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What a great idea! Thank you. <laughs> we'll be there. Let us know. <laughs> awesome. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see where this takes you, and mm. it's uh, it's always inspiring to be in the presence of someone who is. Just, just excited about what they've created themselves mm. and uh, we're really proud of you and know the work that goes into creating something like that mm. so yeah just really excited to see where this takes you thank you mike yeah thank, thank you. you for putting this work into the world I, I can't wait to go through the exercises myself uh i almost jumped ahead but <laughs> i'm so happy that you're gonna do it yeah i can't love, wait I'd and i will absolutely yes let you know how that how that works out so we'll we'll put all of the links to where to buy your book and learn more about you renee in our show notes for our listeners and uh great encourage those people to reach out to you if they have any questions or feedback Super. I wanted to say thank you so much for having me. This is, uh, we didn't say this at the beginning, but this was actually my first podcast. So ah. <laughs> you did great. Thank you. Yeah, you were wonderful. Yeah, it was a thank, treat. Thank you. It was yeah. a real treat for me. Our first me. writer too, I think, on the show. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so nice to talk to other writers. Right? Yeah. Well, and like yeah. Mike said, I, it's we understand what goes into the process. Mm-hmm. And I think like somebody asked us after our month long uh, writer's residency in uh, Columbia, like, well, is the book done? <laughs> You know, and you can laugh about this because you know, like, maybe two more years and we'll have our first draft. Like, it's it's an undertaking. Yeah. And uh, just want to acknowledge in you that Mm. we we understand and appreciate the the work and the commitment and love Mm. uh, that goes into this type of work. So uh, so thank you for that and Mm. for for the benefits that it will bring to all of the readers. Uh, Well said. Thank you. And thanks for for this platform that you're offering, too, for artists and creatives to come in and chat about what they're doing. And yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. I love your podcast. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. We'll 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 chat again sometime uh, in the future and find out how how it all went. Great. Thanks. Thanks again, you too. All right. Thanks so much. <laughs>